everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We are so happy to be back to our regular Tuesday nights, and um, we are continuing this month of how to launch your teenager well. Um, and, and so we're talking about a variety of subjects this month on, on teenagers and high school, and maybe even before that, because we do a lot of prep. Um, and today we're talking about getting your teen ready for work-study programs, which um, I'm assuming my guests are going to let you know that this is something you need to be doing even when they're younger. So if you are listening or watching or have um, someone that you think that needs to, to listen to this conversation as we're live and you're thinking of sharing it, even if they don't have a teenager, I encourage you to do that because um, the alternative education that we're talking about this month, apprentices, internships, volunteering, work-study programs, all of those things, um, we have to do a lot of prep um, with our kids way ahead of time. To, to prepare them for these types of experiences so they succeed in them. And we don't just dump them into them thinking the program is going to fix that. <laughs> All of the, the things that we weren't able to, to get to um, while we were schooling them. But I want to encourage you wherever you are at, we just want to give you the, um, the tools that you need. And so, um, so thanks for joining us. And if you would like to be part of this conversation, just know if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, or on Periscope, that you can put comments down in the, the feed, and we will see those. We can incorporate those as part of our conversation. And um, we would love to address any specific um, questions that you have. Maybe you have a child that's, that's getting ready. They want to do a work-study program. How do I do this? And tell us your story. We want, we want to know that, too, um, and make that part of... Um, what we're talking about because that's why we go live. We want um, our community to feel like we are like an ongoing um, homeschool conference. And so <laughs> we're bringing you experts every week on different subjects. So I want to just welcome our um, our special guests this week, Lori Jones and Rebecca Ficken with RDA Prep. Um, thank you ladies for joining us and um just taking time out of your schedule to talk about work-study programs. Well, thank you for having us. We're very Absolutely. excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited um, to have you guys. And um, I would love, as we're getting started out, just for you to um, introduce yourself to our audience and, and tell us how you got in, involved with work-study programs for teens and just kind of the backstory on that and, and, um, and your credentials, too. Because I know that both of you have um, professional credentials, and and then how did that that all work together? And then the two of you working together too. Sure, perfect. Thanks, Peggy, and thanks again for having us tonight. Uh, so I'm Rebecca Ficken. I am a registered dental hygienist. Um, I've been in the dental field for over 29 years. Um, I'm also a, a dental educator. I've been teaching uh, dental hygiene at the college level for 11 years. Um, and then also, as part of the dental education, dental assisting, I've been a dental assisting educator for about six years now. So um, a lot of education. I still practice dental hygiene as well, so pretty busy. <laughs> got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. So um, getting involved in work-study programs. So even when I was in high school and in college, um, they really encouraged that at the high school. And honestly, that's what brought me to my career choice. Um, I, my dentist going when I was little asked if I wanted a summer job. And um, I, I really didn't know if I wanted one or not, but I said, sure. I knew I wanted to be in the medical field and that led to my mm -hmm. career. And so that was so good for me. I learned so much. I thought I wanted to be in ophthalmology or eyes. And I uh, figured out after working in their office that dental is where I needed to be. Wow. Um, and then in dental hygiene school, they really encourage volunteerism, work study. We have to do a lot of rotations and shadowing. And then as I became a dental hygienist, um, I encouraged that with um, high school teenagers. Mm. You know, hey, if you ever you know want to mentor or to come shadow or ever thinking about the medical or dental field, because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize the relation dental has with medical. So even if they're going in another um, medical avenue, dental would, is still a great way um, 
to to venture into that as well as to put on your resume yeah and we forget it's part of the medical field but it is so um looks great on college applications and things like that so in the dental hygiene program i teach in as well as the program that we have that we'll talk about in a little bit um we have work study programs for students so and this is high school age mm-hmm. that's awesome i like to go <laughs> yeah and I'm Lori Jones, and um, I have been in the medical field, or not medical, the dental field for over 25 years. And in a similar situation as, as Rebecca, I was in high school, was graduating high school, and I was like, Lord, what do I want to do with my life? And I just, I was struggling with that, and I thought, I'm going to be a teacher. And, and nothing, like, teaching is a very solid and strong profession. I just didn't feel like that was in my heart, like the desire of my heart. And so I went and got my teeth cleaned the summer after I graduated. And the hygienist was like, this is a job. And I was, I was like, just taken aback. The dentist came in and was like, do you want a job here while you go and do your prerequisites for school? Wow. <laughs> sure. And that's how, that's how Huge open, open the door, door right? Huge <laughs> open door. Huge open total shift in direction in the summer before I started college and, mm. and God knew and said, this is, um, that was the start of the dental hygiene career for me. And, um, and so I, I am a dental hygienist. I have taught in the high school. I became a cert- I, I did become a teacher eventually <laughs> after I practiced for a while. And I became a certified health science teacher in the public school districts. And then I also, um, after that, I did that for several years. And then I became a dental director for a nonprofit so where we really desired to help meet the needs of the economically disadvantaged and um, provide dental services. And so in that capacity, we had a lot of students coming in through um, through work-study programs. And students from high school, students even from the dental hygiene school and the dental school. And so we had a chance to really work and um, educate and teach and train um, in that direction. And so through all that, we um, saw the need of of educating dental high school students for dental assisting and giving this opportunity as a as basically a stepping stone for their careers or giving them a chance to have a career that would provide for their families in the future as an assistant and so and so the it came together that's how becca and i um came together and providing this and um what has been amazing we we initially started in the high schools in the public school setting Mm -hmm. and we saw a need for smaller districts and and just people that would come up to us and be like i'm not in high school that that school and i want to do this Mm. and so since that need arose we took everything that we created for the high schools and put it in online module format Mm -hmm. and so it's it's made it a possibility for homeschool students, private school mm-hmm. students, um, even individuals in the public school that are not able to access um, a, a career like this, a career training like this, mm-hmm. um, they've been able to do that as well. And so that's kind of how we came to to be with you today. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I, I got a conversation started with Rebecca and um, it kind of went from there. And I thought, you got to be on, on my broadcast <laughs> to share about work study programs. Um, so what specifically defines a work study program? How would you, um, how would that be different from like an internship or an apprenticeship maybe? So a work study program um, is typically for, a lot of times the high school level, a lot of times um, apprenticeship and things like that is after high school. So more of the high school level, it can be college as well, a work study program. Um, but typically we're talking in the high school. A lot of times too, with the work study programs, um, it's more based on work experience and getting those experiences than necessarily um, monetary reimbursement. Mm-hmm. So, um, there can be some monetary, but typically it's more of the work experience and getting that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, no, no, I was just going to say, so, like, knowing, especially for the student going into the experience, knowing what you want to gain from it um, is is mm-hmm. essential um, for them just to have a good good um, perspective when even starting a work-study program. And also with the work-study, it's more of a discovery if you will, of do I want to be in this field? Do I not necessarily? Um, because a lot of a lot of students think they want to be in this career choice, and they do these work studies and say that is not for me, or just the opposite, they didn't want to do this work study, 
they do it and they, it opens their eyes to things that they just did the possibilities they just didn't know of so right yeah yeah kind of how both of you didn't think exactly so how does your program rda um prep dental assisting course then um, work as a work study program and what does a program require for students to like learn and do um throughout the the modules that you said that you've created so the um, dental assisting course, it's a certification. So when the students complete okay. this course, they are work ready, certified. Um, they're a registered dental assistant with the state of Texas. Um, so they can get out there and work at the completion, uh, the completion of the course. Um, and so within the course, we do. It's in a module format, like you said. And they will go through these modules, extremely interactive. Um, as you know, because you're doing this today with technology, there's so much we can do with learning. Um, and so the modules are extremely interact interactive. Some simulation, um, we're trying to move towards some virtual reality clinical experiences. We're not there yet. We're working on that. Um, like I said, we've started with some simulation. We're getting there. That's that's our vision in the future. Um and, and, and most of dentistry and training is moving towards the virtual experiences as well. But um, that's, that's in the future. So, um, but once you go in the modules, again, you do the PowerPoints, and then I'll have some very interactive lessons. It's amazing because it can um, branch and reroute if the, if, yes, if for some reason that we feel that maybe they need a little extra practice, mm -hmm if they didn't pass the module, and it can keep rerouting until that student's successful. So it's a very success-based program. Okay. Um, we've had 100% passing rate over the past six years. So, uh, yes, yeah, so very much based on success. So once you get past the first six modules, because it's 12 modules, after that, you'll the first bit you'll learn about infection control and health privacy, the laws of dentistry in the state of Texas, so on and so forth. Once you get past that, that's when you can begin your work study. Uh, we have to we have to get all that understood before you can get out into an office. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also brings you can ask better questions once you once you have some background information. So once you get, yeah, so once you get into the um, work study program, you find a dentist in your area. Now, we really, yeah, we really encourage the student to reach out and start doing that. Mm. We do help. Um, I, I really, really wait and take a back burner on that mm. until the better end. Once they've exhausted all efforts and, and you're shaking your head, it's oh, yeah. very, very important. Number one, to show maturity that the student can have those conversations, um, leadership, uh, much better to get accepted for that work study than if I were to do it for them. Right. Um, so we really encourage the students to reach out, but it is in their, um, in their, in their area, in their community. Um, we do do some connecting if they, and again, I do help if they start having problems. Dental community small. We've been mm -hmm. in it for so many years. We know people from all over. So I can shoot an email and reach out and say, hey, would you be interested? And then I can send the student that information and have them contact. So so um, really, really um, want them to start networking and making that connection right away. Um, and we'll get into networking a little more probably later on. Mm -hmm. But um, And then once they're in that internship, once they solidified the office and where they're going to go, uh, we have a a checklist of items that we really want them to either shadow if the dentist will allow them to help. Every dentist is different. Every office is different. Right. And um, a lot of them, they let them jump right in and start assisting mm -hmm. because they've had it all didactically. They've had practice right. interactively. Um, mm -hmm. They just haven't, their hands haven't got to do those things yet. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a checklist. The dentist will sign off and, um, and so it's really laid out quite well of what they need to see and, it, and what, what we would like them to see and participate in. 
Right. That, that makes it easier, I'm sure, for the, the dentist and the hygienist, too, because then they have a list to, to kind of go through and check off instead of just, well, just let them be in your you office. Do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I think a, a lot of, you know, just a, right. apprenticeships are like, well, whatever we have, exactly. um, and let's then, just work on that. And right. one of the things we found with work-study programs in general is that sometimes you get stuck seeing the same thing over and over. Yeah. And so you get to explore, get to see what all the potential there is. Mm-hmm. And so with that checklist, it really helps to say, okay, no, you know, for us, it's a filling and a crown and a root canal and, <laughs> you know, cleaning and sealants and x-rays and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But instead of it just being all cleaning instruments, it's a variety of things. That right. Can, so that you know that when experience. they come out of the program, they have been you know, at least have some sort of working knowledge of all of these things. Right. Practical mm-hmm. application. Correct. And, and it's, and it's very encouraging how, um, how the community comes together and allows for these work study programs. We've had great response from the community and they really let them get in there and, and start working. So that's, that's nice to see more than just shadowing. They really let them get hands on and do some things. So that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. And if you're listening to the podcast and you want to connect with um, Lori and Rebecca's program. It's called RDA Prep, and their website is immersivedental.org. Um, so, and also, we'll, we'll put that up in the description on our YouTube um, video as well later, and so that I'll get you links to all their stuff and the things that they talk about. So you won't have to go searching for it. <laughs> click on the link. That makes it a lot easier because <laughs> I know what it's like to try to put all those things in and spell it correctly <laughs> in a day like that. Um, so, so what things should parents and students consider to determine if a work-study program is a good fit? Because I'm sure there's, there's a variety of different things that they should be looking at. Is, is this going to be good for us Right. Okay. So um, there's a few things. Probably one of them is um, does the student want to do a work study program? So mm-hmm. us, yeah, us as parents know that right. how rewarding, how beneficial. But if the student doesn't want it, it may not be a very um, positive experience for mm-hmm. anyone involved. So honestly, um, the student has to be motivated, and there has to be some kind of desire. There will be fear of the unknown and reaching out and making, you know, anytime teenagers have to interact with adults on a professional level, it's scary for the first few times. But as we know, it's part of the learning experience. So probably one of the main questions is, does the student want to do it? And and that's a conversation you should have. And 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 um under yeah, and really take into consideration the desire of the student. So that's one thing. Um Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, a second thing would be, like, what is their current commitment level? Um, how much do they have going on already? Um, are they in and doing everything and creating and, you know, yeah. homeschooling and just doing so much and mm-hmm. sports and that, that it's, they're finding it hard to get time in their schedule? Then maybe just to really evaluate, okay, is there something that we need to give up or is there something that we need to do instead of this in order to make this work-study program happen? Yeah, prioritizing it is right. important. Yeah. And then um, probably another thing is what, what does the student want out of the work-study program? They really need to really, yeah, look at the goals. What do they want? And if it is, if they're looking for more of a monetary experience, then work-study might not be for them. You know, they really need to understand that this is more about getting experience, um, getting references, uh, potential job opportunities, and there may not be monetary reimbursement with it, but it's all about the experience. And so they really need to evaluate if they're in it for money, probably not um, mm-hmm. going to work out for them so well. They may need to go a different avenue. Um, but the other advantages a lot of times outweigh that, that we, mm-hmm. that I just talked about. So, um, and then the other thing is um they want to see if they can find a work study program that's going to be aligned with the career choice. Their interest. Yeah, their interest. Right. Um, like you were talking about, it could be a very wide interest. Exactly. But exactly. still within that category is important. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and like you said, and, and that is important, but even if they find some work study programs that, oh, they just maybe were kind of interested to, it may open up that door like we talked about earlier. Right. And they really mm-hmm. realize they have a passion for that. Um, 
when they didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And then, or like I said, so sometimes um, teenagers really, usually it's one extreme or the other. That they really think that working working in the dental field, working in the dental field seems glamorous. And mm-hmm. but once you get in somebody's mouth. And once they understand disease processes and things like that, you know, they may realize, oh, this is not what I thought it was. So again, um, so getting in a, a, a work study program with what aligns with what you think you want to be in a career with, and that way it can help you solidify that decision or to, or just take it off the table. You know, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. um, now I will give one other example of how, so um, it's actually my daughter. So she didn't want to be a dental assistant, but mm-hmm. she did this program and she was a dental assistant all through high school. So starting at 16, she worked in the dental office all during the summers, made pretty good money for a high school age kid, a lot mm-hmm. more than um, some of the other entry level jobs. Yeah. And um, she just did it for as a job to save money. Mm-hmm. for college, as well as um, it looks good on applications. It's a professional career, looks good on resume. And she got some great um, doctor's references and things like that when she needed reference letters. So I say it needs to align with your career choice, but she knew she wanted to be in another professional career. And that although she didn't want to do this long term, it was going to work out for her get that workflow experience, all of that. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be in line with your career choice. Generally, that's better, though. Yeah, yeah, just the ability to to have an extra trade. I know my oldest went to welding school and then went to college. Exactly. um, To be an engineer. But, you know, we had this discussion. Uh, That doesn't hurt at all. An engineer that can actually build what they design Right. It's way better than an engineer that says, well, here's my design. I don't know how you're going to build it, but you know, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, and we all know people sometimes get in a career and after a few years you're burnt out and you want a, you want a second and you have something to fall back on. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And you just don't know what's going to happen. And they, they exactly. say teenagers now are going to be switching careers seven times in their lifetime. Whoa. That is that is now what um, experts are talking about. It's going to be the norm. And so so they need to know how to learn and how to teach yep. themselves. And, um, and how to be flexible. To mm-hmm. Exactly. And how they're even, um, they're even saying that we're becoming a more right-brained business mm-hmm. society yeah. versus the traditional left-brained business. Yep. that we've been used to for 50 years. And so, yeah. um, because you know, you see it with the YouTubers. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, computers mm-hmm. are doing all the left brain stuff. We need the creatives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the service industry, of course, too, which is right. highly important. So, yes. Um, so we've, we've already talked about some benefits. Um, are there any <laughs> other benefits that parents and students should be aware of, you know, when they're looking at, you know, should we do a work study program or shouldn't we? And, or should we just stick to the books? And I, I think a lot of times we don't see the benefits that can come out of this that are way better than just doing another year of book work. Right, right. What, what we've also, are also found with work study programs is that it, it gives you that hands-on feel, that hands-on experience that, that you miss from just studying the right. book work. And so you were able to get in there and, and see, you know, for us in dentistry, it's like, do I like that? Do my muscles, do my hands do what I want it to do? Do I, you know, am I, am I able to Mm -hmm. do what I think I can do? Um, And then it also, it gives the confidence Mm -hmm. if that is the direction you're supposed to be going, or it gives the assurance to know, okay, I need to go in another direction. And so, um, you know, just being able to, to take and get that hands-on experience is mm. is so eye-opening, um, oh, yeah. especially for the generation that it's very hands-on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're on the gaming, they're on the, the phones, they're, you know, the social media. And, uh-huh. you know, for them, they're very interactive. Mm-hmm. And so being able to go and work, interact with live people mm-hmm. it, makes, um, it makes a big difference for the students. So oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I would add to that too. Um, I know a lot of student high school students have been a part of a team, whether it be um, sports or in band or things like that. But 
team is different when you're working in a professional environment. And so you learn how to work together as a team professionally. And, and that's, that's also a skill that I think is a huge advantage to have. Um, it's different working with professionals and working with your friends or, yeah. you know, your peers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also would be, um, and then just developing that work ethic. Yeah. Um, didactic can't give you that. Uh, it, it can in a sense as far as making good grades and things like that. But um, showing up, the responsibility, developing that strong work ethic is a huge advantage. Yeah, exactly. All the things we know, you know, if you have a set schedule, which they can kind of get that with school, but it is different in a work. There's other people depending on you. Whereas right. when you're, when you're didactic and alone, you know, it's just you. So, mm-hmm. but you, you learn so much better through community. I mean, you see your blind spots uh, <laughs> that you tend to just dismiss or not even see, but other people will point out and to have the <laughs> around you and, you know, all yes. of that, that different stuff. And the, and it gets an improvement that you, you do, you, you learn much quicker when you're in that, that back and forth type of interactive and, and learning from each other. I, Lori and I learn from each other constantly as well as other, you know, I, I may think this is, the best way to do it or the great way to do it. And then I see it's like, why didn't I think of that? Or I could could have been doing that all along. So even just learning from each other, yes, the book work and the didactic is so important, but the experience of learning from one another is is great as well. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great points to, to consider. Um, Cause I, yeah, I think we want everything to look good on the transcript and (laughs) for, you know, I always tell parents, you know, it's, it's, it's very neat and precise to have English, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, but the kids that have the weird things on their transcripts <laughs> are the ones that people go, ooh, wait, this is a special, this is a special student. Uh-huh. Um, and not so much of, oh yeah, they got all the boxes checked. Now they're going to be just rolled into our program. That's, I mean, they, Studies show that those kids aren't as successful in college because right. they take tests and take classes, yes. But in life, you have to be flexible and you have to know what you're good at and pursue those interests. So, right. Yeah. And and working in a college level, I am on the incoming interview committee for the applicant. Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. We look for can they carry a workload, different entrance, different variety. It's not necessarily anymore. Did just they the check that just the grades? Mm-hmm. Grades are important. They're still yes. important. Mm-hmm. But they want to see a nice, um, well-rounded person and not just the boxes checked. So you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love for people to say it other than me. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Um, one of our, our viewers asked a question, and I'm, I think, um, D. Stephen, I'm going to need you to, um, to expand on this, but he says, the son is 17-year-old and has autism. Is there any school material I need to purchase for him? I think his question may be related to your program, the RDA prep. Um, and D. Stephen, if I interpreted that incorrectly, make sure that um, you clarify by following this up. But I'm going to have you ladies just um, answer his question related to the program that you have, RDA prep, and what what parents need to purchase it with that or, yeah, what's all involved with that. Sure. Well, right now it is designed to be very um, interactive with the student. And so we've already kind of put things into place where you wouldn't need to necessarily purchase additional material at this time um, in order to go successfully through the modules. It is self-paced. And so there's not a um, somebody pushing and saying, okay, you've got to be um, at this mark at this time and then you're, that's it. You know, it's very um, understanding and it's um, about the learner. And as um, Rebecca mentioned, it's really about the success, too, of the learner. And so if we go through the modules or, like, um, for the son, if, like, they go through the modules and, and it, they need to repeat it, then we go through it again. Um, we, you know, it's about learning that material and, and intrinsically learning that knowledge in order to be able to be successful. And so um, as of right now, my answer would be there's not additional school material because we've kind of built that into our, our practice, into our modules awesome. for the learning. As far as just regular supplies, a pair of scrubs, a laptop, yes. those would be the things that they would need other than normal everyday things. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to know. And, you know, if you end up using, you know, if you're talking about maybe a different work study program is going to totally depend on what that work study program says are your supplies that you need um, or extra books or whatever that's needed for that. So, but, but that's a good question. Thank you for asking. And thank you for um, viewing. So, um, so yeah, let's see where I'm at with my questions. Um, oh yeah. Do you have any um, tips for parents who are thinking, yeah, I think this is what we need. And this is kind of the area of interest my child has. Maybe they've taken assessment and they're kind of like, oh yeah, this is kind of the field that they, they show a lot of interest in. How do we start finding work study programs now based on that interest? So I can speak specifically to dental and we'll kind of venture into other ones, but um, network, network, network. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, reach out to the local dental offices, whether it be email, whether it be a phone call or um, whether it's show up in person. I do encourage if you show up in person, make sure you're dressed appropriately and professionally. Mm -hmm. um, and because you are get entering into a professional environment. So, um, but other than that, um, find a mentor, like I said, in the field, which is also part of networking, find a mentor in that field and ask for their help. Um, see if you can shadow them or if they know of people to get you in contact with. Mm -hmm. um, but those are going to be the big things. Again, network, network, network. Um, social media is a good way as well. Um, you can put yourself, yeah, you can put yourself out there on, um, you know, Facebook or Instagram, whichever, whatever is your choice or all. And um, just say, hey, I'm looking for a work study program in the dental field or mm. anybody out there. Um, and engineering or right, architect. Or right. Great. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So use social media to your advantage um, because they, you know, people, People by nature are kind, and they want to help, and they like to mentor. Um, again, this is very it's kind of scary for a high school student to just make that connection and do. Um, it's usually very satisfying once they do, and they've made a lifelong connection generally. But um, that's the biggest thing I can say is network, ask around, ask a lot of questions, find people in that field, and see if they can refer you if they can't help you. Yeah. And even like, um, I know for my oldest son, um, he found a mentor through our church. And so mm -hmm. there was a, the opportunity to do the work study um, yeah. through through connection in that way. And so, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it, again, it's it, networking. It is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. My daughter said she wants to try being a tattoo artist. And so, <laughs> so I, as we were seeing, my hairdresser was covered in tattoos. I said, so. How do you right. do yeah. finding, right. finding the, right. you know, not a non-CD attachment right. to mentor? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Just ask a lot of questions and network. Mm -hmm. And um, you'll be surprised at how much is out there and available and people that are willing to help with this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially when they hear that, oh, this teenager is interested in what I'm doing. Yeah. then they're, they're excited to share that. They're, you know, enthused that someone is looking at what, what you're interested in. Uh -huh. And so yeah. um, it, it, does, it, it does really help to connect mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's some great advice. Yeah. And just keep going to the next person. If that person doesn't know, yep. say, who do you know? And exactly. It's, it's exactly. amazing just how, yes. how you can get so diversified in your contacts by just mm -hmm. asking for references and moving um, on. So, yeah. Um, so what are some things that students can do? And we, I know I talked at this about this at the very beginning, you know, that even if we don't have high schoolers, there's things that we should be doing with our kids to mm -hmm. prep them to when they get to this point. Cause you talked a lot about self-confidence and, and, you know, just um, a, having a professional manner and, and all these other things. Um, so what can we do as parents as we're working with maybe those upper grade school, middle schoolers, so that when they get to high school, they say, yes, I'm, I feel like I have what I need to, to dive into one of these work-study programs. So um, one really, really important thing that I know a lot of high schoolers probably don't want to hear, but it has to be said. <laughs> um, look at your digital footprint. 
um, look at what you're posting on social media, Instagram, um, your social media accounts, even your email address. Make sure it's not a real silly, you know, um, kind of childish. Make sure it's a little more mature type um, email address, as well as, again, social media. You know, there's there's things that are appropriate with peers, and then there's the things appropriate. And in, in, in this day and age, right. The workplace looks at that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to be look like a, a good, pretty clean cut as far as, um, you know, not a total. Yeah. What you're posting, it needs to be appropriate for, for everyone uh, to see from adults to children. Uh, yeah. So really, really make sure that social media, what you're posting is appropriate. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest things. Um Time management. So time management is huge, especially like we had talked about before. If they're kind of um, trying to, to juggle schoolwork and then they put, have a lot of things on their plate, time management is going to be huge. Um, so you really want to make sure that your child is good at time management. You could start that in um in grade school on through middle school, you know, With toddlers. Exactly. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Toddlers. Give them, yeah. yeah. Give them tasks and give them a certain amount of time and, you know, see every individual's different, obviously, on how to work on that. And that's a whole different topic to talk about. Yes. But, exactly. time, yes. Exactly. <laughs> but time management is going to be really, really huge to work on, um, especially preparing for a work study program. Um, and helping and then, your student, too, just to understand what tech they need or planners that work, you know, trying all those things out so that right. by the time they get to that age, they go, yes, this works for me. I know that this is what I need versus just shoving things at them when they get to be high school age and say, well, here's something good. Try that. <laughs> right. And, 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 and you're right. What works for them? And they need to hopefully by high school know themselves. Yeah to understand what works for them at that point. Um, and, and just a quick example, like you said, my daughter, you know, I couldn't tell her, go clean your room. Mm-hmm. I had to say, go put your shoes on the shelf and hang up your clothes and then come back to me after you do that. You know, very small tasks, break it down. And then you end up with the same result. Mm-hmm. But this is the same thing. They have to figure out what works for them. And 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 if they're in a work-study program and they're that type, they know they have to kind of compartmentalize things Mm -hmm. to get it done in a timely manner, whereas someone else can look at the big picture. Mm -hmm. So um, learning themselves and how they manage better with time um, is is big. And again, that can be started at a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's your normal preparation stuff, like um, before you go into that work study, if say you found a place that you know you're going to be at, Mm-hmm. drive there the day before you have to be there to make sure you know where you're going. <laughs> Always show up 10 minutes early um, mm-hmm. and, and know, go drive it in the time you're going to be going so you know what traffic you're going to be right. up against, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, ask a lot of questions ahead of time. What attire do I need to wear? Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. in our situation, it's generally scrubs. But um, every is different. What, what attire is appropriate for your for your office or for your industry? Um what is there things I need to bring? What do I need to bring with me? You know, mm-hmm. for ours, sometimes they want shot records and things like that. So um, just ask all those questions ahead of time and maybe help help your your uh, high schooler come up with a list of questions that they want to ask mm-hmm. when they're doing these work study programs to prepare them better. Mm-hmm. And then even kind of, you know, researching that place wherever yes. they're going and mm-hmm. and looking at their digital footprint, seeing what they put out on their, their social media and on their website. Mm-hmm. And so that you have a better understanding of that, that companies mm-hmm. or that job, wherever you're going to, you have a better understanding of what they have and their motivation, their desires, their mission, their goals. And so that you have a better understanding yourself going in. Yeah. And for them to understand that they're there to support that mission. That is really what working for an organization is about. Right. And many times just understanding and knowing ahead of time what the expectation is of them Mm -hmm. um, will also help kind of um, relieve that fear and help them be more prepared. So if they already know going in. What, what the expectation is. So, mm-hmm. And that's something you can practice too with mm-hmm. all ages of your children is, you know, sharing your expectation with your child. Right. Yeah. When we get out of the car, this is what I expect. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are 
with our brothers at home. I have four boys. Not always what you get, but I definitely try with this is my expectation. So and we say that and laugh, but it's true in the workplace. Just because that's the expectation, that's not always what you get. Right. But but it just helps that that smoother flow and if if you know ahead of time what the expectation is. Yeah. 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 And first students on the spectrum that mm-hmm. you know that falls into a whole new category where anxiety will will start going right. up if they don't quite know what mm-hmm. what's expected and mm-hmm. so you know walking my oldest now through his first job that he's going to you know just prepping ahead of time with him right. even though he's 24 it's still that anxiety and, and all the other things that come mm-hmm. with that that unfamiliarity too yes it's just mm-hmm. that that not knowing right yeah once true. the rhythm you know you get into all of that then it, it settles down and life is good and mm-hmm. <laughs> we can right. look forward to that <laughs> so, yes yes uh, yeah mm-hmm. so i think you touched on this earlier rebecca about monetary compensation um, that do you want to revisit that? Sure, again, sure. Talk about sure work study programs. Yeah. So, um, so as we stated before, yeah, um, if you're in a work study program for monetary compensation, I wouldn't expect more than minimum wage. It is not going to be um, a high-paying job. Again, mm-hmm. you're there for the learning experience. Um, the all-around learning experience, and that's what you need to take away. Um, I, it's rare. I know very few work-study programs that actually compensate mm-hmm. the individual, but I'm not saying there's not any out there. Um, but, yeah, you do need to go in with the mind, this is experience and practice for me to better myself and get better. So, yeah, the monetary compensation is probably not going to be high on the list of, of why you take this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got another question for you. So sometimes, um, so parents in high school have to track hours for credit hours. Um, is there a way that most, I mean, I'm assuming you have so many hours that the student has to do clinical and then you probably track how long that they're on the program or how many hours worth of work they do. Is, is that kind of how your program runs? So, yeah, um, absolutely. So we in that checklist, it says how many hours. Typically, it's around 20 clinical hours, mm-hmm. um, depending on what COVID's doing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had to kind of play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, ideal, we like them to have anywhere from 20, 40. We say 20 at minimum. If they can get more in, that's just oh, even yeah. better. Yeah, so, better. yeah, we... Minimum 20, we encourage 20 to 40 clinical hours, okay? Um, And then, yes, you're exactly right. So when they're logged into the didactic program, I can easily track hours on, you know, how much they're logged in, and it shows me everything there. So if the parent or if they need some kind of documentation, Mm -hmm. um, we can get that for them, that they were working on this however many hours. So that shouldn't be an issue at all. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of parents, yeah, they, they know that they have to get in the between the 120 and 160 hours for credit, which, mm-hmm. you know, they could then put on their student's transcript as well as having the certification. Um, but but a lot of times they're like, well, how long were you on that? And, you know, right. <laughs> and so, um, because it's not something that they're instructing. Um, and right. so, so it's nice to have that that ability to have a log. Right. And we do work with the public schools as well. And so TEA is very, you know, it's a 180 day curriculum that has been turned into the modules. So it's a very much. So we need. Even if somebody were to like self-paced, do it quicker, it would still be considered a 180 hour course. Correct. Um, So so they could just consider it as one full credit um, in high school, which that makes it easier because a lot of times parents will just use curriculum and the curriculum will say this is one credit and however long it takes the student to complete. That's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. awesome. That's great news (laughs) for for many who don't want to be tracking all that. Right, right, right. (laughs) So so as we're wrapping up, I would love for you again to share about your program, how parents can connect with you. And I know you talked about um, that you're in Texas, 
um, specifically? Is is your program in Texas alone, or if parents in other states, did, are there other programs, or can they still connect with you? Sure. I know, Rebecca, we talked about that a little, so I wanted to make sure you guys um, were able to expand on that, too. Sure, yes. So you can find out more about our program at immersivedental.org. And we have um, a couple of options. And so you pick the student option. And then there's some frequently asked questions that are on the website that can kind of answer about the online course program. And then there's our information to connect with us as well. So anything that you're not finding on the website and you want more information or you want a video or a handout or something that would just maybe explain things a little bit more, feel free to reach out to us and um, our contact information is on the site as well. Um, yeah, and so then in regards to other states, our curriculum, our curriculum is designed to help the individual learner become a successful dental assistant. Mm-hmm. So and anybody from any of the states in the, tech, in the nation uh-huh. can take the course and still be a successful dental assistant, learn the tooth numbering, mm-hmm. learn the, the dental charting, learn what's involved with the head and neck exam, learn, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. the the range of um, things awesome. that are taught. Mm-hmm. And it's very not, very um, great as far as foundational dentistry. And so different states do require different things for the dental assistant to necessarily either practice in the in the dental office in that state or um, become certified or become registered with the state board. I'm actually Mm -hmm. on our state dental board here in Texas. And so um, in Texas, we have certain laws. And so we can help walk through and guide those, especially Mm -hmm. here in Texas. But if you're in other states too, we do, as um, Rebecca mentioned, we we do have a small network. (laughs) Dentistry Mm -hmm. is is very um, connected. And so we can connect you too with um, what is that state's requirements? So what are the laws in that state mm-hmm. regarding um, maybe they need a few more hours as far as work study or um, okay. yeah. uh, maybe they need to take a different um, review and exam for their mm-hmm. state board requirements. So that's something that we can okay. walk, yeah. walk the individual through as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great information. So yeah, again, immersivedental.org is how you can find um, Lori and Rebecca. And your website is very descriptive and it helps. Um, you have this kind of sample videos on there to kind of give a feel of what the program is like. And um, so you'll get a really good idea of, of everything involved in that. And Peggy, I was also going to add that um, if there is a parent that you know, it's kind of considering or the students kind of considering it and they want to see, I mean, reach out. I can always send them a little demo module and things like that. So the student can see, yeah, is that something I can do um, and be successful at? Or no, that's that's not going to work for me. So we, we even have demo modules set up for them to just kind of practice to see if that might work for them. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. This uh-huh. has been so informative, and I just I, I love talking about things that are hands on and that you know get our parents thinking outside of the the textbook boxes, because um, there's just so many opportunities. And high school is is such a great time to help your student to kind of figure out who they are, like you guys were talking about, and and we we get so anxious <laughs> about launching them that we almost hold them <laughs> back from that um, ability to figure out really who they are and all these things that they can be involved in. So, so thank you so much for, for all that you've shared. And um, yeah. And these, these awesome. career ready um, technical careers are just becoming more and more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've kind of lost the mindset that everyone needs to go to college. And so, and dental assisting is one of those technical career ready that you know you can you can have a pretty good income yeah. right out of high school um, mm. career ready and so that's what makes it um, even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's it's a great great opportunity and thank you for you know pursuing this um, and making it available mm-hmm. to homeschoolers and private schoolers as well. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that it has blessed many already. So. <laughs> Well, and thank you, Peggy, so much yeah. for having us. Yeah, yeah. and yes. a real treat. And putting this together—that's a—that's a huge feat in yeah. itself. So. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> so, so yeah, next week we're going to be wrapping up this topic, and so um, who am I going to be talking to? Um, so we're going to be talking about nurturing self-discovery in the teen years. 
Who am I? And um, so Greg and Beth um, Langston are going to be talking with us about that. And and so I hope you can join us for that conversation as well, everyone. And just want to let you know that this episode has been made possible by viewers like you. Um, to learn more about becoming a donor partner with us at Sped Homeschool, you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com um, slash donate and, and find out more. Actually, on our homepage, you, there's an option, donate or get homeschool help now. So, um, so that's, that's all up there. And I just want to share a couple more things with everyone, just some housekeeping stuff, but we do have a new learning platform for parents. It's called empoweredhomeschool.org. That's um, one of our new websites. And so our partners are starting to put some content on there. Um, and so we've got a master class on homeschooling high school. And also we have one on on how to put together your students' uh, learning plan. And we have webinars every month from the SPED Homeschool team members on how to customize your curriculum, teach high school, and get started. And those ladies are awesome. They are actually uh, special ed teachers that are now homeschool moms. And so they get it. They absolutely get it. And I just love Amy and, and um, Don who teach those courses because they just want to to bring in new mamas and to, to give you what you need. So, um, and dads too, we, we are finding that there's, <laughs> there's a lot of men now visiting our website. We're watching those analytics. And, um, and so, um, so we, we know how long you're on our site <laughs> and, and who you are. And so we're trying to customize our content to make sure that we're giving you what you're looking for. So, um, and that's why we were just rated the number one special needs homeschooling blog. Um, and so Good we are excited you. for that. Um, but our partners are the ones who write the content, uh, mostly not us, uh, although I did a little bit this month. Um, but um, so we turn the broadcast into podcasts as well. So you can find us on any podcast platform and just look for Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And we are there. Um, and also our website has tons of resources. We're adding new partners every week. And so um, so curriculum providers, therapists, um, a variety of different people. And if you know of somebody that's not on our website that you think should, tell them that they need to contact us or send our office the information. You can connect with us at office at spedhomeschool.com um, because we would love to reach out to them and to um, to get the resources on the website. So that's what it's all about. It's a sharing and creating a larger network for everybody. So, so awesome. Well, thanks again, ladies. I Thank appreciate you. your time with us and all that you had to share. Um, it was very encouraging and just Best of luck on your, your year ahead with all your students, and I'm sure you've got many already. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, you're doing an awesome work, and I'm glad to have interviewed you and um, have you in my show. All right. Thanks, Peggy. Yeah. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week right here, same time. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.